So welcome to my home. I'm hoping today we can have a little conversation. I've been a missionary twice, once in Hawaii. I love tropical places. And they call it, when we have a conversation, they call it talking story. People will come to their house, people are leaving their house, and they keep talking story all the way to their cars. I also spent a year as a missionary in Australia. And there they have, they have another saying for it. It's all having a cuppa with somebody, a cup of hot drink. It's usually what they do. And then they continue to the conversation. Here in the South, I don't know what, maybe iced tea. I put pink lemonade because I like pink lemonade. But whenever we share our story, we can help people to be refreshed. And we can help people to maybe let go of some burdens that maybe they have. So today we've been asked to share a little bit of our story. But as I share my story, I hope that you'll find that it's also your story. And that there's a part in my story that's connected to who you are. So there's a question I'm going to ask you. And I want you to think about this. Many people ask this question. I'm sure you've heard it before. And they ask, why do people leave the church? Well, I'm not going to answer that question specifically, but instead I would like to answer the question, why did I stay in the church? And through that, I'm going to share a little bit of my experience. And if you don't mind, I'm going to just do a quick prayer for you. Dear God, I just ask that you just open our hearts. Help us to listen to your words, even though I'm speaking. I believe you have a message for every person here. Lord, uh, whatever may be our distractions in our life, may we just set those aside for a moment and just listen to what you want our hearts to hear. Lord, may you shield me. And may your presence be known here. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm what is called a latchkey kid. You've heard that phrase before. My mom uh, was a single parent. My dad was around when I was younger. He died when I was in college. But So I grew up in my house with my brother after school. We were by, we were by ourselves. And uh, we knew what time it was by what was on TV. I don't know if any of you were part of that culture, but I just, if I, I could tell you even to this day what was on at different times because of that. And I also learned how to cook through the microwave. And I would, I would always figure things out as we went. My mom worked really hard. She would have to get up early in the morning to go to work sometimes drop us off at a babysitter, and then, or other relatives would take us to school. She had to work so early. But uh, we, we grew up that way, so we had a lot of independence um, going up. But besides my mom, who's an amazing mother, I was also raised by the church and school. And I think a lot of you were probably in that part, the, that you have people that filled in the gaps for you that your family couldn't with the church and school. So today we're going to kind of just like rewind a little bit in our lives. If you could pretend this is, well, this is a remote, but pretend there's actually a screen. And we're going to rewind a little bit in our story. And I want to take you back a little bit. How many of you have ever bought a Happy Meal? I'd like to say that this is from a long time ago, my childhood, but I actually bought this probably a few months ago. So I still love the Happy Meal. 
I'll get a cheeseburger without the meat. I love the toy. I love the fries or whatever. It's the experience, though, is what I think hooked me on McDonald's when we were little. Again, my mom was a single mom, so we had a lot of fast food growing up. And this is one of the experiences with the playground and everything that I remember. I couldn't get the real one. But does this remind you of anyone? I think this is why people use these all the time. But has anyone been to a Pizza Hut ever in your life in the years past? I'm actually ordering some cups from there because I, such the nostalgia of it all that I actually ordered some. They just didn't get here in time, but I love that. It takes me back to a time where some of you might be in the same age range as me, where we used to actually get a free individual pizza if we read so many books. And then Pizza Hut would give that to us. I heard they might be bringing that back, so look out for that. But all these things take me back to another part in my life and in my story. Moments that I cherish and remember, and I want to go back there. The title of my sermon, and I, I feel like I have to kind of educate some people because we're in a whole different generation now. So VCR stands for Video Cassette Recorder. And this isn't actually a cassette. This isn't actually a real cassette. This is actually the game for Blockbuster. I don't actually own any cassettes. But there was this thing called Blockbuster. And is there anyone in here that can actually tell me where the last Blockbuster is right now? Oregon. Ben, Oregon. There actually is one left. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But Blockbuster was a, was a whole experience for people. I was wearing when I found out that they were still that, so they started selling merchandise to try to keep it open, because that one may not last. I was wearing my hat a few weeks ago, and uh, Alan Isidro walked in and saw me, because his kids were there for a meeting with me. He thought, I could love your hat. And instantly, he went back. Even some of the ladies that were singing were talking yesterday, and tell me their experience at Blockbuster, how that was their Saturday night thing. As far as I understand, a lot of people fell in love at a Blockbuster. They would go on dates there. And they could tell the personality of the person by what they, wanted to, what they wanted to watch. And so when I found out about this last Blockbuster, I had to buy a bunch of stuff because I wanted it to, to stay around. So I got a fanny pack. These are actually in again, guys, just in case you don't, don't realize it. And I got a membership card. They sent me a membership card and everything. And a sticker. I have a sticker. I was actually going to give it to whoever said Oregon. I don't know who said it. But... Um, and then I bought this, which is so impractical for Florida, right? But I had to buy it. You know why I bought this hat? Is because the manager of that last Blockbuster actually hand-knits these to try to save her store. So I bought it to support her. Why am I talking about Blockbuster? Well, I have a lot of fond memories. A lot of you do, too. But what if our church had the same feelings that people have about going back to Blockbuster as a place of going home as they would here in this church. And what I mean by that is when this Blockbuster was going to close, there's people from other countries or people like Pastor Matt that used to work at Blockbuster. I don't think he traveled to Oregon, but other people from other countries who did had to go visit that last Blockbuster because they wanted to show their kids what that place was like and the memories they made there. So Blockbuster is still hanging on. And even during the pandemic in 2020, they were doing one of the first ones that started doing curbside service because they knew if they shut down, that would be the end of them. 
But that's part of our story. What is that experience in your life that you think about in your childhood growing up? The people that made a difference in your life that makes you keep coming home here. I want you to think about that a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit. This Be Kind Rewind was actually a very good branding. People that were kind in my life. I went to Sacramento Adventist Academy. I was actually started Sacramento Union Academy when I was in first grade, and then it switched the name. But um, I grew up there 12 years. When I was there, there were certain people that stand out to me. I had to go speak for an alumni recently, and I, I was able to bring up one of these people. His name was Mr. Jackson. He was the maintenance guy. And he was, I gave him a medal that says that he was a superhero. He was actually with a big S for Superman because he knew all of our kids' names. He knew every one of us kids' names. And he would even throughout my life say, oh, there's my little first grader. How's my little first grader? He even said that to me a few months ago. How's my little first grader, Sonia? He knew our names. We knew that we mattered because Mr. Jackson knew our name and he would say hi to us every time he would see us. There's a verse I want you to see as I'm speaking here. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Mr. Jackson was one of those that refreshed me. Another person, his name is Mr. Malatik. Remember I said I came from a single parent home. So my mom didn't know how to tie a tie. I didn't know how to tie a tie. But Mr. Malatik could. So my brother, every Sabbath, he was a Sabbath school leader and one of my friend's parents, he would tie my brother's tie. And I want you to know there's a lot of people in this church that probably need their tie to be tied. And we need to step in the gaps to do that for them. And I know this church doesn't wear a lot of ties, but, but it's the idea of that. We didn't know how, but this person, and to this day, he's died since. And I've told my friend recently, Thank you for what your dad did in my life. My youth pastor, when I was a junior in high school, his name is Steve Case. He's actually the book I use for baptismal classes because I know what he believes and what he stands in. My junior year, we were all out there. It was summer. We were playing volleyball outside. And he came up to us. We didn't know him. He grew up in Sacramento. He grew up at, at the church and the school and was actually one of my cousin's classes but I didn't know him then. He came up, he had looked in the yearbook and had memorized all our names. I try to do that, it's harder here, the more people here, but I'm working on it. But he knew our name. And not only that, he listened to us. So we're sitting there and I asked him a question. I felt so comfortable that I asked him because I had read the Bible a lot since I was little. I was a very spiritual kid. And there was a question I had, and I'm not giving a philosophy here, I'm just telling you my question. My question was, what does the Bible say about wearing jewelry? That was my question as a high school student because I never saw anything that really spoke against it. I knew the principles of modesty and, and all that stuff. But I, he's like, that's a good question, Sonia. And he said, you know, the Bible actually doesn't speak against it. And he actually did a sermon a few weeks later about my topic and others that I think we got him in trouble actually for that. But he was a voice for us, for our questions. There was no question too hard for him. To this day, I can still ask him a question and he'll give it to me. He'll give me an answer. Another person who kind of was a voice for me and encouraged me and refreshed me was when I was an RA at Southern. Some of you went to Southern. Some of you, I was your RA. Some of you, whatever. But some of you may or may not know Sharon Engel, who was a dean there. 
And this woman seems like a tough, all gruff woman. She's the biggest sweetheart. And I still talk to her on Facebook and everything. But we came to her as RAs once because when you're an RA, you actually have to sign a handbook. And in the handbook, it says that we will not go to the movies. And if you guys don't know me very well, I actually love movies. I think they're the parables of today. It's what you watch, obviously. But I love movies. My dog's name is Cinema, after movies. And obviously, I'm talking about movies here. But we went to the movies, and we just felt guilty. And so we told her. And do you know what she did, this lady, who I don't even know if she's ever been into a movie theater? But she actually took that out of the handbook for us, and it's never been in there since. It's a, it seems strange, but these are the things that stood out to me because she was a voice for us with the questions we had. And so growing up, a lot of people taught me, like my mom, that we could either refresh people or we could be a burden. I was talking to my mom. She made Sabbath very special for us. I'm going to ask, how many of you here grew up where you could not put, you, you could not, you could only put your feet into the water on Sabbath? How many of you? Raise your hand. There's some of you. Only your toe, right? Your big toe. How many of you? You can be honest here. We're all safe here. Uh, the lights are dark, so you can say whatever you want here. That you could wade in the pool. You can wade in the pool, but you couldn't swim in the pool. You could wade. Like, go to your knees, right? There's some of you. I see you. I see you. How many of you could swim, but you couldn't surf? That was Hawaii's rule. When I was a Hawaii task force, we could take the kids swimming, but we couldn't take them surfing. Here, people go surfing, so I don't know what the next step would be here, but... but why is that? It's because we all come from different places, right? We have different stories and backgrounds. I asked my mom, how come I love Sabbath so much? And, and why did you always make it such a blessing? What was your influence, mom? What was your thinking? And she said, oh, well, when her dad had took her, so my mom grew up in Mexico. She was one of eight siblings. And they actually were in Mexico, but they would go and they would have to walk a long way. She keeps telling me it was a long walk. Sometimes they took a train to El Paso to go to church. And there was a pastor there named Mr. Aragi, and um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. But they would go to church, and she said after church, her dad would take them to the park. They'd make a pot of beans, they'd bring watermelon, everything. So she grew up with that. She said, so I think that's why I took you to the park. We would go feed the ducks. We would go to the zoo. We would actually go feed the homeless. We'd go to loaves and fishes. We would go to food lockers and do work and do ministry and service. So I grew up loving the Sabbath. My mom made it a delight. And she learned that um, from that. And so I asked her about that. And she was telling me, as she started thinking, I asked her about any memories she had on that. And she shared something that's really, was really touched me. She said one time when she was at the park, she met this girl named Sandy, which is a good name. As I told you, the manager is also named Sandy. But it's a stranger. My mom's in her 70s. And she remembers a stranger she met one day who when they were at the park with her, with her relatives, the stranger invited her to come eat with her. And my mom still remembers Sandy. She's like, I don't remember a lot in my life, but I remember Sandy. How can we refresh one another rather than be a burden with one another? Some of you here have refreshed me, and I just want to mention a couple. Yanelli, I can, I can call her anytime, no matter what I'm feeling. She's going to find a way to refresh me. Les was one too, he left, and Steve was another with his dad jokes. Steve can make me laugh. And the Ives, Vicki and Kevin, both of them have the gift of refreshing.
and we miss him and that refreshing he would give to us. We get to choose every day with lemonade. Lemonade can be sour or it can be sweet. There's a terminology that, that people have called in today's culture. Have you ever heard of the word Karen, what a Karen is? And I'm sorry, I apologize if you're a Karen, if your name's Karen, not if you're a Karen, but if your name is Karen. Sorry, I apologize to that too, if you're a Karen, because we all are sometimes. But there's a terminology that became popular a few years ago, and it was an incident that actually happened, but people would also do it with cats, talking about, okay, Karen. And I know some of you, your kids have called you Karens. Anyone want to admit that right now? Because parents have told me that they've been called a Karen. I see, a, I see hands. A Karen is an obnoxious person usually. It's the person that says, let me speak to the manager. They want to speak to the manager. They're often entitled. They feel entitled to something or special treatment. And what they do is they police everyone else's actions. So in, it has not been popular to be a Karen. And I understand the reason uh, that some of us feel like, you know, that we, we need to speak up on things too. And because sometimes, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, whatever it is. But are we refreshing people? Are we being a burden? To be very practical and honest, I want you to think about what we do every day. So how many of you are in the medical field? How many of you that are in the medical field have had someone come up to you and they've Googled all their symptoms, so they're telling you exactly what they have and exactly how you should treat them? Because they know more than you. It didn't matter that you went to school, right? Right? No matter. <laughs> but they know, right? Teachers. Do we have teachers in here? Any teachers? I always say this very tenderly because I'm both a teacher and, and, and feel like I've been in this place, but... Sometimes it's not the problem with the kids. Sometimes it's the problems with the parents, right? Teachers, we could be real. Pastors never have problems with anybody. We never get letters from anybody. We never get comments or unsolicited. We never, we never, because our church is perfect always, right? But, um, <laughs> so, you, so we, we've been blessed. But I want to share the story to just illustrate this. So there was this coach, and they had a basketball game. And he put 10 players on the court. And those of you who know basketball, that's a no-no. And the referee kept trying to get his attention. And he ignores the referee intentionally. And then all of a sudden he gets a technical foul, right? That's what you get when you have too many players on the field. And he went and he turns around. He looks in the rafters at all the parents. He says, see, I told you all your kids can't be on the same court at one time. Right? How many coaches have heard every parent, why are you not playing my kid right more? I'm sharing this because the leaders that were part of my life growing up, they're the reason I'm still in this church. And I'm sharing this because some sad things to understand. A conference this past year, they lost 10 of their children's and youth pastors in one year. And it's a big conference. I won't mention the name of the conference, but they lost 10 because it's, it's hard on pastors. When I started seminary, right now there's a lot more. I think there's 102 of us female pastors in, in the whole world that were actually paid pastors. Um, we're a small group. But when I was going to seminary, there was even fewer. There was just a few of us going to school. Do you want to know how many of those pastors that I went to school with are left from that entire group that I went to? And it was a small group then, it's bigger now. Me. 
I'm the only one left. All of us are going through things and we need, we need, to, be, we need to find ways to refresh one another if we're gonna last as a family here. I was very blessed growing up to have people that were my voice and that believed in me. They're people that I, that I loved and that cared about me. Some of my Karens, if you want to put them that way, or Ken's is the, is the male version, just so you know, so I'm being very equal here. Um, but in my past church, a few pastors, I was the longest pastor at my old church that they've ever had. And then, so I had quite a few different lead pastors. So this would have been my second lead pastor. And uh, his name was Kermit Nettaberg. And he used to work at Andrews. So he was part of the communication, he taught communication. He was second to the president or did something, whatever, in the NAD. So he was actually our voice for the SDA church for a while. So he's a very smart man. And he told me a couple things that I had never heard of. He actually told me both these stories kind of later. I was doing a baptism that day. We had wonderful, beautiful baptisms today. And I was doing a baptism this one day. And I saw a lady walk outside. And I didn't understand because I'm ADD, if you can't tell those that know me. I'm a little ADD, so I pretty much know kind of everything that's going on. I can kind of tell and still be focused. But uh, I saw this lady walk out. So I had to ask the pastor later and I asked some other people, what happened? Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I just wanted to know. Well, it was the mother of these elders. We had two elders, a husband and wife that were elders in our church. And it was their mother that had been visiting. And she walked out, not because she was against women in ministry, but it was just, she had never really seen a lot of it. And so she said, I wasn't ready for that. She wasn't ready because one, I was a female and second, I was Hispanic. So for two things, she wasn't ready for it. I said, oh, that's okay. I, under, you know, I understand. And her, parent, her, her kids were so supportive. And that was one thing. And the second time I only heard about later was a man had come from another culture. He had from another country and culture. And he knocked on the door of Pastor Kermit's office one day. And, and, and I had, it was an unusual time. This doesn't happen all the time, but I had had 12 baptisms in a row. Like every week I had had a baptism. So it was like 12 in a row every week. And this man went to the pastor and he said, I don't understand. He says, um, why is she baptizing? You know, why aren't you baptizing? And he, like I said, he's very wise. And he said, I'm not going to answer that. He said, why don't you just wait and, and get to know her for a little bit and come back and talk to me? So he came back and then he says, I see why she's baptizing. And that was the end of it. And that guy who I found out way later ended up being one of my biggest helpers. Do we refresh people or are we a burden to people? I'm a product of the SDA church. I can boast like Paul. You know, if there's as religious as you can be, I can be. I, I, am, I always say I'm very conservative with myself. I try to be liberal with everyone else. But I'm a product. So when I talk and why I stay in this church is because I feel it's my responsibility not to leave something you love, but to actually try to change it and to work within it. How, our, how we became Adventists was my Aunt Cleo. She had, she was in Mexico and she started going to church and she had seven brothers and sisters um, and my aunt, my mom in the middle, and she started going to church and my, my family had grown up Catholic. So whenever my aunt Cleo would go to church, her sisters would go hide her Bible on Sabbath, like to make fun of her. But she was the first one. And then after was the ones that I told you that they used to travel to El Paso. 
And you know, that pastor they met in El Paso, he was always an encourager throughout when they even moved to California. He would bring them food. He would bring them toys. He would bring them clothes. He discipled my family. And he's been, he was friends with us all through his life. And his daughter is one of my mom's best friends to this day. But Mr. Aragi, he didn't know what he was doing. By doing that, by touching my family, he's brought me here to where I'm in this place. The people you touch and you minister to, you're not just touching them. You're actually influencing generations to come by your kindness and what you're doing. And one of such stories, my mom, my mom was going to Montemorelos. And I'm wanting you to understand kindness so well that I'm sharing more stories than I probably should in a sermon. But she was on her way to Montemorelos, Mexico. That's a school there. And she was going to college. She didn't know anybody. She didn't know where it was. She didn't know anything. She just had a bunch of luggage. A guy saw her sitting in, on, the, on the bus and he said, where are you going? And she told him. He's like, oh, I'm going there too. Don't worry, I'll take care of you. This man's name is Francisco Flores. My mom remembers his name to this day. And I'll tell you why. So she goes and he, this young girl who didn't know what she's doing, he went in, he told her, you go ahead, you go to the dorm. He brought all her luggage in. When you're a stranger, when you're traveling, do you know how much that means in a new place? Well, recently she found out because my mom watches online a bunch of different services. I told Matt, joked with him, she's watching today for sure. But she usually watches Montemorelos because again, she's going back to her story, right? Growing up. And so she had heard a few weeks ago that this man's son had died. This man, and she's not met, seen him since. She's not even, but she remembered the name this many years. The man's actually a music teacher in Bering Springs, Andrews Arid. He died in a car accident. So my mom, who still remembers the name of Sandy, who gave her food and was her friend, also remembers her name. So she sends money to the GoFundMe of the wife of the son all these years later. Do you see how when we refresh others, we ourselves are refreshed? This is generations. I want you to think right now of someone in your life first that has refreshed you. I want you to think of someone that stepped in the gap and that was your voice. I want you to think of the characteristics of them and who they are. I want to ask yourself, are you that person for someone right now? Have you been that person for someone right now? How many of you have been hurt by the church? Or someone at the church? You don't have to raise your hand on this. We're going to go back in a moment and I want to talk about that. But I want to get to the story of Mary. You find Mary often sitting at Jesus' feet. You find Martha complaining, and I love Martha, so don't, don't get me wrong, I'm a Martha in many ways. But Martha was trying so much to please everyone and do everything that she was missing the fact that Jesus was right there in her home. But Mary understood because Mary had a story that Jesus had listened to. Mary knew that Jesus loved her no matter what was going on in her life. So Mary had a different relationship with Jesus. And I want you to think about Mary. Jesus, while he was here on this earth, needed comfort. 
Who do you think were the Karens or Kens in Jesus' life? I heard it back there. A lot of the Pharisees, right? A lot of the people, but a lot of them are like us a little bit, right? We're a little bit like them, right? You have the Messiah right in front of you, and you're telling him how he needs to learn, right? Remember Jesus saying, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath? Do you remember that? To them when they were complaining to him? I think a lot of the reasons Jesus had to spend time away was because he needed to be refreshed from the burdens he had. And look at the people he actually hung out with. Do you remember the conversation he had with the Samaritan woman? Remember she brought him something to drink? Remember he asked her for a drink? And after that conversation, Jesus told the disciples, look, I don't need any food. I've already, I've already been filled. Jesus, God of the universe, our creator, our savior, needed people to refresh him. So Mary, Mary is one of those people. And I want you guys to think about this. So Mary, I have here, this is from Egypt. And alabaster, this is actually alabaster. What did she do? She did. And when she did, she had to break this alabaster to get the perfume on there. I want you to think about for a moment. There's another bottle of perfume here. Anyone know what this is? Can, can see it? It's pretty iconic, isn't it? Chanel number five. I don't wear perfume, just to let you know here. I don't, I don't wear it, but this is special to me, and I will keep this forever, and I'm going to tell you why. And this connects with Mary. So I told you who was the first person in my church, I mean in my family that became Adventist, right? My Aunt Cleo. So my Aunt Cleo, she was our, one of our first deaths in our family. My uncle had died when I was in third grade. My grandparents had died. Um, after, after that. And then my Aunt Cleo died. I wasn't, I don't remember how many years I was in ministry, but that was the first funeral I had to do was for my Aunt Cleo. And that's when I actually heard that story. I didn't even know that story. And so her oldest son, his name is Don. And he, he is a lawyer. He was a judge. He's done so much for the community in Las Vegas. They actually have plaques for him because he did so much for that community. It was December 2020, and you guys remember what's happening in 2020, and COVID was happening, and so our family knew we weren't really going to do a big Christmas thing, so um, we decided to do a gift exchange, and he picked my name. So when he picked my name, he thought it was like a sign from God and something special because he always really loved me because we would have conversations about God a lot because my cousin was one of those that was hurt by the church. And I won't share a lot of his story, but he was hurt. So he fully loved the church, fully supported the church, especially education. But he had been hurt, so he was kind of in and out always. But we'd have good conversations. So when he heard my name, he wanted to get me something special. And this was his mom's favorite perfume, like her whole life. That was her favorite perfume. So he was talking to the other relative. He's like, you know, our gift was only $20. Like, I don't know how much you guys spend in your gift exchanges, but we were, we were only doing $20. And that bottle of perfume is expensive. And he's like, I know it's a lot, but I'm going to buy it anyways. I want to buy it for Sonia. I want to buy it for her. So he bought that in early December. I was about to fly home to Sacramento. And, he, and my mom had gotten this at the door. It just was delivered from Macy's. She didn't know where it was from, but I found out later. 
So I ended up buying him some books that was on his list just to say thank you because he also did a lot for my mom and my brother and got some gifts for them. Well, two days later, after he bought this, he got COVID. And it was really hard because we were texting. At that time, we really didn't know a lot about what was going on with COVID. I mean, a lot of people were recovering at that time, but he was a diabetic. And um, he, as he was going to the hospital, he, was, he had texted me and said, Sonia, I hope it's okay, but I'm opening up the gift you gave me because if this is my last excitement before Christmas, a gift open, then I want to be able to do it. And so I texted him back and I told him how much this had meant to me. I said, that perfume to me made me feel like what Jesus must have felt when Mary gave, poured that perfume on his head and on his feet. That's how value you made me feel. When he died, I was so blessed to know that in his last time, my cousin was thinking of me, his little cousin. When Jesus was on the cross, he could still smell that perfume all over him. When the other disciples had all fallen asleep and had left him, Jesus knew that he was loved. This one woman, and they talk about wherever the gospel is being preached. Right now I'm speaking the gospel here, right? Mary's story is going to be told. Jesus had listened to Mary's story. And Jesus had made her part of his story. Whenever I teach kids how to do a sermon, I always tell them, listen to your friend's story. Connect it to your story. And then connect it to God's story. As we refresh people, we are getting a chance to connect to each other's story. Uh, there's a Bible verse up there that I, I want to sh share with you here. In 1 John 4, 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. Isn't that why Mary loved Jesus? Isn't that why we love Jesus? I'm going to ask this question again. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to remember the person who maybe has hurt you somewhere growing up or in the church. And I want you to turn to the person next to you, wherever you're sitting, and I want you to tell them that you're sorry that they hurt you and that they just didn't know better. So turn to the person to your right and say, I'm sorry someone hurt you. They didn't know better. Doesn't that feel good? And kids, if it was your parents that hurt you, know they're doing the best they can, okay? Parents do the best they can. You're doing the best you can. Why do I stay in the church? It's because of the people who have been a voice for me. I want to share a, a scripture that's kind of my purpose statement for this church, for, for me. and for, I'm, I'm the pastor of 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And this is kind of like my focus text of my ministry. If you guys know, my group is actually called The Fringe. And The Fringe can have a negative connotation, but this is why I chose that phrase. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. 
And we don't mean to, but sometimes we overlook kids during that age group from fifth through eighth grade. Sometimes parents are a little nervous because their kids want freedom and they're trying to figure things out. But I love this group and I truly believe that they are the cornerstone of this church. And so why do I stay? Why do I stay in the church? It's because as you saw the kids here, this is the present generation. There's some photos I wanna show you real quick. And I don't know if um, Michelle's here or not, but Michelle, she's right there in that picture. This is at my old church in Maryland. This was, she just sent me this picture on Wednesday. I, I don't know why she sent it to me, but it, I, because she sent me the picture, she ended up in my sermon. So she sent this picture to me. And I said, oh, great, Michelle, I love that picture. I'm going to use it on the sermon. She's a great pastor, Sonia. And then I want to show you this picture. This is Michelle last year. She actually moved here before me. She graduated from Forest Lake last year. And I got to be there at her graduation. If you see the next thing, she even made a little mask, personalized mask that I wore proudly. Proud pastor of a 2021 graduate. Why do I say it's because of people like Michelle. Michelle worked at Kalakwa this, this summer. She's at Andrews now. But as I talk to you, I want you to think about this. I'm gonna share a statement that I don't want you to forget. When I went to speak at, at the alumni in SAA at Sacramento Adventist Academy, I asked everyone a question. I had just shared all these people and what the school meant to me and how they raised me. And there's so much more to my story that I don't have time to share with you. I shared some of it at my first sermon here how they helped me with tuition and the miracles and everything. I said, some of you have had very negative experiences. I had a lot of positive growing up. Some of you have had very negative. But I said, if you have had a negative experience growing up or someone has hurt you, then please, won't you be the adult you needed when you were a kid? And that is my challenge for you. When we go back, Blockbuster came with such a simple branding. Be kind, rewind, right? It's a simple thing to rewind a videotape, but they had to end up finding people because people couldn't even do that. But find a way today to be that. Step in the gap for people. Be the voice for the voiceless. And find ways to help your leaders and support your families and your single parents and everybody, but find a way to be that for them. Imagine Jesus on the cross again. If the creator of the universe, the savior, needed someone when everything was dark, remember, he experienced a second death on that cross. If he needed comfort, how much more do we need? And how much does it really take for just a little bit of kindness? <clears throat> My last part that I want to share with you before this beautiful music is remember to share your story. As you share your story, you are inviting other people to be part of God's story. So please, share your story.